In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. About a month ago, a few of us were at a clergy retreat, and usually we have some kind of theme for these retreats, like leadership, or spirituality, or being rooted in Christ. But this year there wasn't exactly a theme, or perhaps better, the theme was more of a a question or a conversation. The bishop warned us all to talk openly about what it means to be ordained, what it meant to be a priest, what it meant to be a deacon. As part of these conversations, the chair of the Commission on Ministry, who is responsible for getting people through the ordination process, asked a large group of about 40 or so clergy people, when someone comes to you inquiring about the ordination process, what's the first quality you look for? Those of you who know me know that I have a very hard, keep, a very hard time keeping my mouth shut in situations like that. And even without being called on, I blurted out a single word. Servanthood. To my shock, someone on the other side of the room scoffed. He said, yeah, but that's a church word, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't use it. What does that word even mean? I was as surprised in that moment as I can recall being for quite some time. The objection was basically that people throw the word servant around but without any actual content, as in, how does someone serve? And without that content, the word is meaningless. I sat there for a while after this moment and contemplated the objection. I was still certain that servanthood or servant was the right word to use. After all, Christians are called to be imitators of Christ. And Jesus said, speaking of himself, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Identifying this characteristic in clergy is vitally important, because when you get ordained, especially as a priest, you are generally ushered into a context in which you have things like power, privilege, and prestige, and it's imperative for the Commission on Ministry to identify that these are not the things that you're pursuing. This is not the reason you're coming forward for ordination. Most people who pursue ordination have a certain amount of ego to them, whether they'll admit it or not. In contrast, my friend Chuck Yeager never pursued ordination, at least not as far as I know. And yet he embodied the meaning of that word, servanthood. Time would fail me if I stood here and tried to list all the ways in which Chuck served other people. My window into this aspect of his character was small, focused mainly on this community. But from what I've heard from his family, not just today, but in the past, 
what I read in his obituary, it's very clear that this love of service, this love of serving others, wasn't only a church thing for Chuck. Being a servant wasn't some kind of mask that he put on when he came to church that people would think well of him and see him serving. No, Chuck just was a servant. He served his family. He served his country. He served his community. He served his church. Chuck was a servant. And unless you happened to see him serving somewhere, unless you happened to be here when he was dropping off food and drink for our next picnic, unless you happened to overhear him in the back coming to me and asking me what the best way was to give to whatever the latest need was in the church. Unless by chance you saw it happening in front of you, you'd never know what kind of servant he was because he would never tell you. He'd never say a word about himself. He never wanted the spotlight. He never wanted to be recognized. He just wanted to serve. And I admired that about him more than I probably ever told him. When he was in pain, he still wanted to serve. When he was in mourning, he still wanted to serve. When he struggled to move, he still wanted to serve. And I was racking my brain, but I cannot remember him asking me for anything. Anything except a card to Sam's Club. So he could go buy food for the church. I only knew Chuck in the last five years of his life, and I wish that I had known him longer. I wish I could have learned from him how to be that kind of person. How to love serving without any need for recognition or earthly reward. I wish I could have learned his secret to treating everyone like they were more important than he was. I wish I could have learned the mystery of serving others without expecting to be served. I'll close with a quick story. For the past few years, I have been taking extended trips to Wisconsin to finish a degree. And the only people in the room, I think, who will understand this are probably uh, Father, well, Father Chuck isn't here, and please pray for him, but Father Dan. But when you're a rector, senior pastor, whatever term you want to use, and you go away 
for an extended period of time, you really only have one major prayer during the whole trip. Please, God, don't let anybody die while I'm gone. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit morbid, but your biggest fear when you your biggest fear when you're gone is that someone will pass away and you won't be able to get back because you have these other responsibilities. So it's December 2020. I'm away in Wisconsin with this fear in the back of my mind. I'm at Neshota House. My watch vibrates. I look down to see the alert, and my heart sinks. It's a news alert from a major publication, not some kind of text message, and it says, Chuck Yeager has died. It, it took me longer than I would like to admit to process what I was reading. Uh, not only was Yeager spelled differently, but uh, as amazing as our Chuck Yeager was, if something had happened to him, it was more likely that Pat, our parish administrator, would be telling me, would be letting me know, uh, than the Associated Press. If some of you don't know what I'm referring to, on December 7, 2020, Chuck Yeager, spelled Y-E-A-G-E-R, um, passed away. This was the man who, in 1947, became the first pilot to break the sound barrier. That, that was the news of which my watch was trying to make me aware. His death, apparently, was worthy of an alert on my wrist. After all, by some human standards, that Chuck Yeager was a great man. He accomplished something no one had ever accomplished before. When our Chuck passed, the news didn't make the Associated Press, Fox News, or CNN. But that doesn't mean that our Chuck wasn't also a great man. In that same context, the verse I just showed a moment ago, Jesus said this, Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. That's what I will always remember about our Chuck Yeager. He was a great man because he was a servant. He was the best of all of us because he wanted to serve all of us. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot that I could have learned from him. The world needs more people like our Chuck. Unfortunately, we are all gathered here today because the world has one less. But if we can all go out from this place just a bit more convinced 
to love as Chuck loved and to serve as Chuck served? Not only will the world be a better place, but even in his passing, he will have served us again. Amen.